The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views Podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of the SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. Today's show will feature an interview with Emery Hunt of Football Game Plan, one of my favorite college and NFL analysts, and a guy who has... uh, has been at Giants training camp for the entire month of August and uh, pretty much and knows uh, what's going on with the team as as well as anyone. A few other pieces of business to get to today before we actually talk to Emery in an interview that uh, that he and I recorded on Tuesday evening. Uh, first and foremost. I have a quick announcement for you guys. You guys that have been following Big Blue View Radio know that Chris Flum and Dan Pizzuto were doing a show twice a week up until the beginning of this month, until Dan you know, got a, a wonderful opportunity to join Sharp Football and, and took that moving on from Big Blue View. Beginning soon, we will have a new show here on Big Blue View Radio with... Joe DeLeon joining Chris as a uh, as a co-host and uh, we're not sure exactly yet how often that show will be on the air hopefully we'll do some post game stuff with Chris and and uh, and Joe and, and maybe one or two other shows a week but that's good news we'll have uh, Joe DeLeon has been doing our Facebook and Instagram pages here for Big Blue View been doing some writing for us. Happens to be a college football player for the University of Rhode Island. Uh, interestingly, Joe's a long snapper. So uh, Joe's been doing some good work, and we're happy to have him joining the podcast. We'll get uh, him and Chris on the air, hopefully uh, sooner rather than later, but at least by the beginning of September by the regular season, we should have Chris and Joe on the air a couple times a week with a new show. So that's good news for you guys who who are getting tired of listening to me three or four or five times a week. So uh, good news. A couple of other voices coming back to the podcast. 
and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys will enjoy what uh, what they have to say. All right, couple things uh, that I need to get to just Giants news wise before we talk to Emery Hunt. Uh, have to talk about all of the hubbub that was caused on Tuesday by the remarks in at uh, at SI from Odell Beckham and in GQ by Baker Mayfield. And listen, I, I'm tired of talking about this stuff. I'm tired of talking about all of this this off field nonsense. And and he said stuff about the Giants and and, and who's who's telling the truth and all that. Let me say this about Odell Beckham. Loved Odell Beckham's talent, recognized how good of a player he is, recognized everything that he brings on the field. But every time Odell Beckham opens his mouth, he justifies why Dave Gettleman traded him to the Cleveland Browns. He just he sounds to me like a jilted lover, like a guy who didn't want to leave the Giants, like a guy who can't believe that Dave Gettleman moved him without talking to him first, without giving him an option on where he wanted to go or whether he wanted to go. I mean, Beckham's made it pretty obvious that, that he wasn't happy in New York with some of the, the, the things that he said. And, and for me, you know, I understood the outrage from some Giants fans when Beckham was traded. But the more Beckham speaks, the more you can see why Dave Gettleman and the Giants decided that they needed to move on, that they needed to build this franchise around a different type of player and why they felt like the relationship with Odell simply wasn't going to work. As for the remarks by Baker Mayfield, for him to say that it blows my mind that the Giants drafted Daniel Jones, I mean... I heard also people said, oh, well, he walked that back and he said he was misquoted and this and that. That's nonsense. I mean, he basically, he said what he said. He wasn't asked about Daniel Jones. He wasn't asked about the Giants. He said that unsolicited. Those words can't really be misinterpreted. I don't care what he says in retrospect or you know, trying to walk that back, whether that's his idea to walk it back or whether that's the Browns telling him that he needs to try to walk it back. I don't know, and I really don't care. You know, Mayfield's a guy that just, that says a lot of things. He likes to hear himself talk. He's a wonderful player, a little bit like I always used to say about Odell Beckham when Beckham was with the Giants. He should just be quiet and let his talent speak for itself. Instead of trying to be a personality, trying to be a brand, trying to be, you know, trying to be an entertainer of sorts. And the thing that, that I take away from all of that that should impact the Giants, I don't care what Baker Mayfield said. What I do care about is the way that Daniel Jones reacted to it. Read his comments at Big Blue View from yesterday. Look at the uh, at the videos that are posted on the site of of Jones talking about Baker Mayfield's remarks, the classy, even-handed, non-controversial way that this young man handled all of that nonsense from from Baker Mayfield is a big part of the reason why the Giants drafted him. It's a big part of the reason why Dave Gettleman and John Mara say that he can handle 
everything that goes with being the quarterback of the New York Giants. And for me, the, the takeaway is that it was another good sign you know that that Daniel Jones is up to the task. We don't know what kind of a player he's going to be. We know he's had a great preseason. We know that that he's 16 for 19. We know he's looked really good. But it's preseason against second and third team defenders playing playing, you know, pretty much vanilla schemes. So we can't go and put him in the Hall of Fame based on all of that. But I do find that the way he has conducted himself from the very beginning and the way that he conducted himself in the face of all of this Mayfield nonsense was a very positive sign that that he is, as I said, up to the task of handling that part of being you know, a quarterback in New York, which is dealing with distractions, dealing with media, dealing with a lot of stuff that comes off the football field, things that you'd rather not have to deal with. But when you're in New York, it is what it is. And, and I think that Daniel Jones is definitely up to that challenge. All right, Giants fans, let's take a quick break here for a word from our sponsors. And then as promised, I will bring you an interview that I did with Emery Hunt of Football Game Plan as we look forward to the Giants' 2019 season. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, Giants fans, I'm joined now by Emery Hunt of Football Game Plan, fantastic analyst whose work I hope you're familiar with. And, and if you aren't, uh, let me just say that, that you should be. Em, uh, thanks for joining me. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine, Ed, as always. I appreciate you having me on. 
Hey, always, uh, always uh, enjoy uh, hearing from you, Em. And and like I said, folks, if you really don't know Emery's work, then uh, then you're missing out. So please check out Football Game Plan. And later on, we'll have Em give you all the different uh, all the different places where you can find his work. So Em, as we record this, you know, let's let's kind of get started here. As we record this, it's it's Tuesday night. It was. Uh, sort of a sort of a fun day out there at uh out there at quest diagnostics uh really really nothing happened out there today did it no it was mostly i want to say a lot of install um you know getting prepared for the Bengals. yeah a lot of walkthrough or you know scout team stuff uh so it was about a good 75 for 70 percent at that you know guys were just going through the motions um not really doing things to competitively but just doing stuff to get a to get a look yeah but what we're talking about you know as far as stuff happening is all all the fireworks seem to happen in the media today with the remarks from baker mayfield and odell beckham and it it just seems like that stuff's never gonna go away Nah, it won't and what's interesting is that when you look at the presser and i looked at the transcripts you can kind of see where my question came in at the Shermer. Because everybody was going, uh, uh, what about Baker Mayfield? What about Daniel Jones? Baker Mayfield. I was like, man, listen, I got to find out about Julian Love. So I threw in the <laughs> Julian Love question. Uh, and Coach was like, he took a sigh of relief. Like, okay, cool. Let me answer this question. And hopefully that changes the the uh, the tide. And it did. So people started asking more. Because you know how Shermer gets. When, when Shermer feels like, once you start talking about Daniel Jones, all his energy leaves, and it's almost like he's just a body up there, and his his inner parts are going walking off with with Pat Hanlon somewhere. It's like he's already left the building. Well, yeah, it's it's funny because just reading the transcript, and I wasn't there today, but just reading the transcript and and some of the things that he said, it was like I was thinking about his his finito remark last year when he got tired of talking about Beckham and ESPN and all of that. But it is funny how at some point somebody needs to change the uh, the tone of the conversation when it's been enough questions about about one particular topic. So good for you. Well, you try to do the right thing by the people, man. Plus, I had stuff I was trying to get answered. And I felt bad for Daniel Jones because you could tell he was getting super awkward by the constant questions like he like he wasn't trying to bash Mayfield or wasn't trying to give a response and they just kept badgering the questions almost where it was questioning whether or not do you ever get mad and it's like man lead a dude along <laughs> like you clearly see he's he's shaking like not shaking but he's like he don't want he won't talk about it like geez Right. At some point, at some point, you you have to realize, you know, and I've been in plenty of those. At some point, you have to realize that this is the answer that you're going to get no matter how many different ways that you answer the question. Exactly. And so, it, and the sad they brought up Lawrence, Dexter Lawrence, too, to ask peppered him with the same things. And it's like, oh, my God, y'all just wasted 15 minutes of press time asking the same couple questions. <laughs> well, I think I'd have been frustrated if I was there today. So so maybe I'm glad I wasn't there. But M, let's do this. Folks that know your work and know where you stood entering the draft, and to be honest, know where you still stand, know that you're a Dwayne Haskins guy. 
you know, and that, that you that you had Haskins rated more highly than you had Daniel Jones rated, you know, that you think it was a mistake for the Giants to pass on Haskins, you know, and, and take Daniel Jones. So with that backdrop, talk to me honestly about your impressions of Jones to this point on the field and, you know, after watching him today and a few times in pressers off the field as well. I think on the field, my thoughts still stay about the same. Um, but what's good about him is that he's already proven to be better than Tanny, which I've said uh, you know throughout this summer, that, that helps out the roster as a whole. Because if he would have came in here and not been able to, to beat out Tanny, it would have it been a problem, not only for him long term, but for the roster. Because now that we see how the roster has to be constructed with all the injuries and suspensions, um, you know, the suspension, you, you don't only have to really keep two quarterbacks now because Daniel Jones proved that he can get out there and keep the offense on pace. Now, to what degree? That's still yet to be seen. I'm not going to knock him for uh, playing in the preseason. I'm not going to go overboard and praise him for playing in the preseason, but I will praise him for beating out Alex Tanny and making – that third quarterback position irrelevant. So for him being able to play, play well, play competent, eliminate the need for three helps out the receiving core, helps out the offensive line, helps out maybe the linebacking core, even the secondary. So kudos for him for going out there and uh, really being the number two, which is something I think the team wanted. They, They were hoping that he can be, at least QB two on his roster, which is a good thing for him, and, you know, and and a great thing for this roster, honestly. Well, I do think it's a good thing for him because you look at it. Two years ago, it was Davis Webb that was a mid round pick, and last year it was Loletta who was a mid round pick, and and you have guys who are inactive on game day, and they're just not getting the experience or the feeling of being in uniform of of being one play away, you know, of being really invested on on game day. And there's something to be said for that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how the Giants are going to do this on the roster with how many quarterbacks they're going to keep. I think you and I talked about this before. There's a good argument for keeping two. They could still keep three, you know, if, if they're really, I don't know how tied they are to Alex Tanny. You know, I don't know. I I think they're they feel like there's benefits just in his his veteran status. There's benefits to keeping him around. But I certainly get the point that if you can slide Kyle Loletta to the practice squad, then you've got three quarterbacks in the building. And maybe you're right. Maybe there isn't a need for a third quarterback on the roster. Though every time I've done a 53 man roster, I've had three. Here's the thing, too, about Daniel Jones, and he could have gone out there and completely played like Jimmy Garoppolo on Monday night, but he didn't. So if it's a preseason game, if it's a seven-on-seven period, if it's a team period, you just want to make sure you you put out good tape. And to, to, to his credit, he's put out good tape. You know, he. you can only play with who you're playing with. You can only play in the situations they put you in. And these are the games he had to play in 
and he did well. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, you know, and, and you're absolutely right that you can't go overboard in saying, oh, my God, look at Lacey, 16 for 19. He should start week one. You have to realize what he's been playing against, that he's been playing against twos and threes. He hasn't been playing against Khalil Mack. He hasn't been playing against first-team defenses. You know, he hasn't been playing against teams that scheme up exotic blitzes and and, and things of, of that nature. But he's done enough, I think, to to at least make you feel like like he's not in over his head, and that there's you know there's the there's the uh, the possibility that he's at least a competent you know a competent player if they need to turn to him. Absolutely, um, and you know my comparison for him was Ryan Tannehill, and you can take that either way you want to take it. But Ryan Tannehill was a capable starter good athlete um from what we've seen with jones jones has shown good touch on his deep ball that's one area where Tannehill struggled and and still struggles to this day uh so we've seen him throw deep we've seen him move the offense down the field you know i think last week against the bears one of his flaws from duke crept up on him in that game his tendency to you know hold the ball too long and and wait to throw it and that's, that caused that one fumble that was stripped out of his hands. I'm not going to knock him for the fumble snap. That's that's football. That tends to happen. But the second fumble, you want him to get rid of it. You know, you can't keep patting that ball and looking to one side. You got to find a way to get rid of it or take off and run. You're a good enough athlete to do so. So that fumble I put on him more so than the, the fumble snap. I would chalk that up to just, you know, stuff that happens during the football game. Right, that play bothered me, and I wrote about that at Big Blue View a little bit. That play bothered me for the simple reason that that he he almost seemed a little bit unaware that that the rush was coming. It was kind of obvious that he that his first read wasn't open. But you're absolutely right. Throw the ball away, or or use your legs and go pick up a couple of yards. Yeah, and I mean, so I, I, again. He could have gone out. I mean, we saw Monday night what Garoppolo went out there and did his first outing in the preseason. It could look like that. It could have looked like Will Greer against Buffalo, but it didn't. So that's a positive. And if you're the Giants, you have to be happy with with what he has done in games so far. So, M, let's move on a little bit from uh, from Daniel Jones to some other topics. Let's talk about uh, let's talk a little bit about Dexter Lawrence. And there there are some folks in the fan base who are kind of freaking out for the simple reason that it's been twenty snaps. You know, my God, it's been a whole twenty snaps in the preseason, and Dexter Lawrence doesn't have a sack or a tackle yet, and relax folks it's 20 snaps just you know let let it play out i mean what what are your thoughts on on dexter lawrence i think dexter lawrence is playing well to say he's playing in a new role you know remember he was a straight nose tackle or one tech at times at clemson now he's playing more of a five tech he's playing some some three sometimes so they have him playing new positions. So when you're a defensive lineman and you're used to playing 
one way in one spot. You kind of master it and you, you can kind of work that technique in your sleep. Uh, but for him, and again, this is it, it, I asked him this question back in May. Uh, I guess it was yeah May when, when he was at rookie minicamp. You know, when you talk about what you were doing at Clemson, juxtaposed to what you were asked to do or what you can do, juxtaposed to what you're asked to do. So we don't know what the coaches are telling him. Are they telling him, okay, well, be a five tech and still be a, you know, a one gap penetrator to where you can create a double team on your side and free up more one-on-one opportunities for, for guys like BJ Hill and, and others, or are they asking him to rush the passer and he hasn't gotten it done yet? So I'm still waiting to see what, you know, this, how this whole thing plays out. But I do like how they're working him in a different area because Betcher brought up something that was that was critical to this point. He was like, no matter what technique you play, offenses can scheme to make you whatever technique they want you to be. So, yeah, we may line you up at the five, but they may treat you like a nose. You see what I'm saying? And so for for that, Lawrence probably is is in a unique spot. So obviously they said he they wanted to see him. Uh, he can be more of a pass rusher. He has good quickness off the ball. He has really good core strength. We just haven't seen it yet. But again, is it scheme? Is it ability? Is it technique? There's a lot of things that are, that's involved with, with uh, what we're seeing out there in preseason games. So I would still, if I was the fans, I would still take a wait and see approach. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater just yet. I think you have to take a wait and see approach with what you're seeing right there, especially defensively uh, in a pressure type scheme. This is real basic stuff that we're seeing from this Giants defense. Yeah, we haven't seen anything. I think about the most about the most complicated thing that we've seen is maybe a little twist up front, a little tackle end twist or something like that. We haven't seen anything in terms of trying to really scheme up pressure. Yeah, and, and that's the thing because the Giants are in a unique spot to where three of the four teams they're facing in the preseason, they'll play in a regular season. So they're almost in a situation like the Arizona Cardinals on offense where they literally can't show anything because they don't want to give any keys or tips to what is coming down the pike or any tweaks that may have happened from year one to year two. Yeah, you bring up an interesting point there, and and it reminded me that I thought it was completely ridiculous the other night, or it just pointed out to me the ridiculous fact that three of these four teams the Giants are playing are also on their regular season schedule. Just what I'm talking about is Pat Shermer saying on the interception by Alex Tanney at the one-yard line the other night that basically that was a play he drew up in the dirt. It was one he made up because he, he said he didn't want to go into the playbook and, and show something. And I think it's just ridiculous to put teams in that spot. Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, for him to admit that that was great. Cause it gives you a peek behind a curtain on what goes on within these preseason games. And that explains a little bit of that indecision that we saw and why that resulted in an interception and credit to Alonzo Harris for showing legit jets. Like who knew he had, the ability to pick him up and put him down like that because he was able to walk homeboy down Clifton Duck and tackle him to present a touch, uh, prevent a touchdown. So, but yeah, he drew that play up in the dirt, didn't work out, was intercepted. Um, but that's the type of stuff you see in the preseason when you're playing guys that you're going to play later on in the year. Yeah, you know, 
Em, you brought up the the Alonzo Russell play, and I think it was you that asked about hustle and effort. You know, I asked Pat Shermer about hustle and effort. And what makes me think about that is, as I reviewed the game over the weekend, it wasn't only the Russell play that stood out to me. Something that really stood out to me was effort from the Giants in a lot of plays. There was Janoris Jenkins coming all the way across the field to make a play on a reverse. There was Nick Gates you know, recovering a fumble. There was Daniel Jones actually on the strip sack you being aware enough not to pout, but to get up and make the tackle on the play and prevent a touchdown. I think there was a play uh, where R.J. McIntosh, I think with the Bears on the eight-yard line, you know, ran down a running back from behind and, and stopped him from scoring a touchdown. But I liked what I saw from the Giants, you know, purely in terms of effort and guys playing hard and, you know, obviously they're competing for roster spots, but I, I looked at those and I thought those are winning kinds of plays, and those are those are plays that 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 good teams make. Yeah, and here's the thing: when you have effort and want to, you're going to be a great run defense. You're going to be a great run blocking team. You're going to be a great tackling defense. You're going to be a great receiving. Uh, you're going to have a great receiving core because guys are going to have that that attitude and want to go and get the ball and, and fight for every reception, it permeates throughout the entire team. Hustle will get you anywhere you want to go on a football field. And it was just so obvious in that ball game against Chicago that I had to ask that question. It's, it really stood out like, man, these dudes are out here hustling their tails off. And, and that's what that's why they played the way they did. And that's why that score looked the way it did, even for a preseason game. Yeah, props to you for picking up on that because obviously the Alonzo Russell play was was right there front and center for everybody to see and and I, I just wonder I wonder how much grief Clinton Duck has taken in the Chicago locker room for being run down, you know, in a in a seventy five yard sprint or what for him was a sixty yard sprint, being run down by a guy who started fifteen yards behind him. He's, he went to Twitter after the game and was like, man, listen, y'all forget I dove for the interception. So not only was I running throughout the play, but I also dove and hit the ground and had to get back up and, and race. Like I was out of gas by the time he caught me. So cut me some slack. Oh, man, he's making excuses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'll give him that. But but we're still talking about 15 yards here. Yeah, that was a, that was a nice effort play by by Russell man that would have got him a helmet sticker in college so and let's talk a little bit you know nobody is giving the Giants credit or a chance here in the NFC East and everybody's focused on Dave Gettleman and oh he made so many strange moves and he did this that you know he traded Odell Beckham and he he took the wrong quarterback and all of these things, he traded away Olivier Vernon. And yet, I don't know if you have the same feeling being around the Giants that I have gotten throughout training camp, but there's just sort of this... And they're not not a Super Bowl contender as I say this. Let's not, let's, let's not think that that's what I'm saying. But there's just this, this feeling around this team... As you watch it every day, at least that I get, 
that they might be a little bit better than people think they're going to be. Here's why I think they'll be better. And it's funny because this has been a talking point for, what, seven years? And no one has brought up how well the offensive line has played. Across two preseason games, they've only given up three sacks. Quarterbacks have completed 75% of their passes. I want to say six touchdowns, no, uh, no interceptions. Um, passer rating in the 110s. This has been phenomenal. The running backs have had success running the football. And so you can only imagine what Saquon Barkley will do behind this rebuilt and strong offensive line. I think that part is something that is has gone criminally under-talked about, under-discussed um, with this team. And also, and I've, I've spoken about this probably since the draft, uh, I love the secondary selections because they drafted three guys that are ball hawks. And I know Julian Love gets a lot of flack, but they're asking him to play two positions, corner and safety. So his head's spinning right now, and that'll get back to neutral as he gets more reps at playing both and handling the responsibilities of both. But he also has ball skills. Corey Ballantyne looks like a, a huge steal uh, when they got him. He has tremendous ball skills and technique. DeAndre Baker has an attitude and a want to that we talked about, so he's going to compete down and down out. So overall, I think this team will be able to run the ball. They will have a better defense. I think their defense will be really good. Ryan Conley looks like a steal. They they love him. He's getting starter minutes and, and starter reps at practice, and they like the progression of Tay Davis. They like what Lorenzo Carter has done, and they also like what – O'Shane Zimenez has shown, and we've seen a guy in Marcus Golden look like look as if he's uh, back healthy. So defensively, the run game, the offensive line, and pass pro, they'll be just fine. And I have to also say Evan Ingram looks like he has a new lease on life in in, in this offense in this season, this offseason. He's been he's been doing really well. So I like what I've seen at practice. Yeah, they're they're lacking the star power at receiver, but I think the run game, the defense, that can win, that can keep you in ball games and also win you some games. And we know what they do well uh, in the kicking department with Rosas. Uh, you know, so they they have a really good kicking game. The run game is going to be the run game. The offensive line looks like it's much better this year as far as pass pro is concerned. And defensively, I think they'll take the ball away. So yeah, no one is giving this team credit for what they've been able to do and what they've built. And I like to see this team. I want to see how this is going to play out because this could be one of those teams where there's, there may be seven and nine this year uh, because maybe the lack of explosive playmakers on the outside will show it won't show, you know, will show itself or they could be nine and seven, you know, where they've won games, the old school way run game, defense, special teams. And so I could see it going either way. I think, um, Initially, I thought six wins, you know, seven max. But now you can start to see where it could be a 500 season um, because they'll be getting guys back. They'll get Golden Tate back by week four. Um, and we'll just see how it goes. But I, I do like how the defense run game and offensive line has has taken shape. So you pretty much feel the same way that I do, that this is a it's a competitive team but not a great team 
not one that's going to embarrass itself in any way, shape, or form, but probably also not one that's going to go win twelve or thirteen games and and, and threaten, uh, you know, and threaten for uh, for a Super Bowl at the at this point in time. And I, um, before I let you go, just uh, give folks all the info on, on on where they can find your work and uh, and where they can find you on Twitter and and all that good stuff. Well, they can follow me on Twitter at fballgameplan, and they can follow all my work at footballgameplan.com, at youtube.com slash footballgameplan. I also have articles up on The Athletic and also Flow Football. And if you want to put a couple shekels on some games, I have my picks up on Sportsline or CBS Sportsline, so sportsline.com. And finally, be sure to check out every Thursday and Friday on the Game Plus Network, the Football Game Plan Show, which you can find on channel 38, if, uh, 238 if you have Optimum. If you have RCN, it's on channel 367. It's every Thursday and Friday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time on the Game Plus Network. It's Football Game Plan. This week's episode, we have uh, – I did some college campus tours talking with coaches and players. I, uh, this Thursday, you'll see um, Fordham, and this Friday, you will see – LIU, the new team jumping from Division II, formerly LIU Post. They're now the Long Island University Sharks. Um, they're moving up to FCS, and they'll compete in an NEC, which has Wagner, which is on Staten Island, as you all may know. M, the next time I see you, I have got to check your arm and see if you've got all of that tattooed on your forearm or something so you can remember <laughs> it. <laughs> it's a lot, man. And um, I also want to throw out there, I do uh, – teach a class in sports broadcasting at the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. So I do a lot, man. Hey, you know, it's uh so we appreciate your chiseling out a few minutes to a few minutes to to chat with us. I won't take any more of your time. You you probably have more film to study or or uh, or another broadcast to get ready for or something. So we'll we'll let you go. I appreciate that. I do have a broadcast to get ready for. It's August 31st. I'll be on the radio call for Mammoth at Western Michigan. So, and this year I have a college broadcast, whether it's, it's going to be, this is the only radio and the rest are all television broadcasts from August 31st throughout the rest of the season. So from August 31st to November 23rd, I'll be on a broadcast. All right, folks, check out football game plan. If it's football, Emory Hunt is involved somehow. So thanks a lot, him. <laughs> Appreciate you, Ed. See you at practice Alrighty. or at the next game. All right, we'll take care. All right, Giants fans, hope you enjoyed that interview with Emory Hunt. As always, we appreciate Emory's time and his insight into the New York Giants and into uh, anything and everything uh, NFL and college football related. Wanted to let you guys know that our next show, which should be Thursday, will have Anthony Casanzo of SB Nation's Cincy Jungle joining the broadcast to help break down the Bengals and talk about Thursday night's preseason game between the Giants and the Cincinnati Bengals. As always, we thank you for listening. We encourage you to please subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Follow at Big Blue View on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram at Big underscore Blue underscore View dot com. Check out our Facebook page join the community 
to uh, join the community at BigBlueView.com to uh, participate in the discussion. All right, Giants fans, thank you very much, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.